does atropine and congener drugs affect the sweat glands? What is the role played by anticholinergics on genital urinary system? How would you apply all these effects clinically and what drugs are involved? Yup, today's discovery discusses and discloses answers to all these queries and interrogations. Are you ready? Welcome all to Is Pharmacology Difficult podcast. I'm your host Dr. Radhika Vijay, MBBS MD Pharmacology and this is the audio hub to get the best, simplified basic tips, strategies, methods and lots of ideas to learn better, understand better and make your concepts crystal clear. If you really find and if there's a question hovering in your mind, is pharmacology difficult? Lend your ears for a while and let in the magic of knowledge. Let's begin long story short. Well, I don't certainly mean to shorten the discussion, but it's a wise step to choose the small topic first and save the best for the last. Or in our case, save the long for the last, right? Short and comprehensible is the effect of anticholinergics. Specifically, I want to highlight the atropine effect on the sweat glands. It suppresses the sweating. How? M3 receptors, they are found on sweat glands and yes, these are unlike blood vessels innervated too by the cholinergic nerves. So, if the thermoregulatory sweating is suppressed by the atropine, in turn the body temperature it rises. All the effects of atropine are too much and eventually the skin turns hot and dry. You might have heard about the term atropine fever. Yes, if the toxic doses are seen in adults, they do result in atropine fever. But in case of children, especially I'm talking about the age group less than 5 years, there's no need to touch the toxic doses. As in them, the daily normal doses, they can also result in atropine fever. Now how to apply this effect? We have the knowledge. Let's move towards the application. There's nothing very tricky about it. Since the sweating is suppressed, one can try treating the states of hyperhidrosis with the anticholinergic drugs. But the extent of their efficacy is a little doubtful. Now there are some nice drugs like selective M3 blockers. To name them, I have a very good one, is Derifenosine. But with the Derifenosine drug, the desired results are not obtained. The reason is very obvious. You might be knowing the nature of the sweat glands is epocrine and not ecrine. What is the difference? Epocrine glands secrete their secretion into the hair follicle and not on the surface while eccrine glands do secrete their secretions directly on the surface. And there is a difference in the nature of the secretion. It's quite watery in case of the eccrine glands, while it's concentrated viscous in case of epocrine glands. So, what can be the possible alternatives? Among the variety of anticholinergics available, oxybutynin is quite effective. Now, this is seen by most of the research studies Recently, it treats both focal and generalized hyperhidrosis, no matter what the age, what the gender, what the weight. 
Its simple mechanism is in blocking the signals from the nerves and then in turn blocking the signals to the sweat glands. So sweating in excess is curbed at the source level. Now hope you understood this very well. Now let's switch to the little long story. That will be long. No cutting down details. Let's begin. Effect of anticholinergics on genital urinary system is quite prominent, important and should be paid well heed to. Let me commence by telling you point-wise the important effects. Let's do it in bullet points. The first one. The first and foremost, there is a urinary retention. And how does it happen? The ureters and the urinary bladder, their wall comprises of smooth muscles. And these are relaxed under the effect of anticholinergic drugs. Slight passage via the placenta is there, but no significant effect occurs on fetus or even on uterus. Now these are things to be remembered. Now is upcoming list of many congenital drugs of atropine or versatile anticholinergic drugs, which are in fact very useful in many important pathological states. First of all, in this list I have the treatment of colicky pains. In the treatment of colicky conditions like renal colic, spasm of ureter, some good drug options, they are disaclomine and oxybutynin. Now, oxybutynin is a very useful drug. It selectively blocks the M3 receptors and it also serves many fold functions. Like it also relieves spas of bladder post-operative. It is helping in the diminution of the involuntary urine voiding in the condition of neuropathic disorders. If it's administered orally, it can increase the bladder capacity. Now you can understand how useful the drug is. Now there are other N3 selective drugs too, which are worth a mention. Drugs like tolterodine, solifenacine, physoterodine, pepeverine and flavoxate. All help by having very few adverse drug reactions and they are also helping out in these colicky states of the bladder and the ureter. The adverse drug reactions, they are very less specially related to the anticholinergic profile. And to mention specifically, pepeverine is having very few central nervous system adverse drug reactions also. But there's a caution point. I need to tell you if a patient is suffering from benign prostatic hyperplasia that is abbreviated as capital BPH, then anticholinergic use is not advisable. It may result in a painful urinary retention, especially it happens in very elderly people. Now, talking about flavoxate, it is very useful in condition of cystitis, urethritis. Then other drugs I want to tell about are velathamate and drotovirine. They are indicated during pregnancy. Velathamate helps in delayed cervical dilatation. And what is the use of drotovirine? It provides prompt relief in uterine spas, especially during the early pregnancy and states of dysmenorrhea. The mechanism of drotovirine is little different from the other anticholinergic drugs and should be known well. It inhibits the phosphodiesterase 4 enzyme and by doing so, it maintains the balance of cyclic AMP and calcium. And this in turn relieves the spas. 
Now this was quite interesting and really effective info flow in your ear canals. But it's a time to halt this inflow and revive it again within a short duration with fresh ideas and topics. I know you agree with me. Ciao for now. Vu parle bianto. Talk to you soon. For all the updates and latest episodes of my podcast, please visit www.spharmacologydifficult.com where you can also sign up for a free monthly e-newsletter of mine. It actually contains a lot of updates about medical sciences, drug information updates and my podcast updates also. You can follow me on different social media handles like Twitter, Insta, Facebook and LinkedIn. They all are with the same name. It's Pharmacology Difficult. If you're listening for the first time, do subscribe and follow whatever platform you are consuming this episode. Stay tuned. Do read and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay enlightened. Thank you.